Welcome, Spotlight friends, to another episode of Ave Spotlight. Today, we are visiting with my friend, Steve Caracas. Is that right? That's I got right, it? Yes. Woo, beautiful. Of scapulars.com, we are going to talk all things scapulars, scapular devotion, how he responded to a very necessary call, as we were talking before we started recording, for there just not being awesome quality scapulars out there. And devotion to it and how it can bring you closer to God. So just so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. I'm happy to talk about scapulars anytime. (laughs) That's amazing. Well, then you are in luck because right now I'm just going to blast you with questions. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I had a conversion experience, actually grew up Catholic, but had a conversion experience when I was 18 on a pilgrimage. And completely changed my life. And the next summer I was working, I went to Alaska and I worked in the Bering Sea and it was a very dangerous job. Like, you know, the most dangerous catch type of work. And wow. so I thought to myself, before I get on that ship, I better start wearing my scapular just in case the ship goes down <laughs> or something. So that was oh. the first time I actually wore the scapular. And that's when I started wearing it and I've worn it ever since. So it's been many, many years, mm. but that was the beginning. I got, I received one at first Holy Communion, like a lot of kids did in those days but never wore it because they would break. And I was always climbing trees and whatever and mm-hmm. get stuck on things. But so I started wearing it when I worked in those, those dangerous jobs. I went back to Alaska. I worked there three summers. So then later on, you know, getting married, my wife and I met at World Youth Day in Denver when the Holy Father wow. came there. So we've been married 27 years and we have nine children. The big problem we had with our scapulars over this time with all of our kids is that, as you mentioned, they there's a problem. <laughs> and the common problem is that they break. They're just not that strong. And I complained about it for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> and I was telling other companies that were making strong rosaries and other things, hey, you guys should make a scapular because this would, it's a really big need. And they said, okay, thank you. And no one ever did anything. So finally mm-hmm. I said, all right, I'm just going to do it myself. <laughs> and, it, and I started working and finding the materials and sourcing the wool, the best wool I could find in the world and the best cord and then the best stitching and then redesigned it a bit so that there was a couple features in there that help keep it intact for for many, many years. Wow. Oh my gosh. How cool is that? I mean, I love how you said I complained about it for so many years. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure God was like, I'm just going to wait until he realizes that he's the one that I want to revamp this whole thing. So that's so amazing. For those that are listening that are like, you know, okay, Chanel's been talking, Steve's been talking about this thing, a scapular. What is that? Can you just give us a little breakdown of what it is, why it's important? I mean, you have an entire company that's trying to provide good quality scapulars to those who have that devotion. Can you just break it down a little bit for us? Sure. So the scapular, the brown scapular actually comes from the Carmelite order. In 1251, so in the Middle Ages, the Carmelite order was really struggling. And St. Simon Stock, who was their prior general at the time, there was talk about disbanding the order because the Europeans said, well, there's too many orders and we don't need any new ones. And this one doesn't have any special charism. So he prayed for a special protection from Our Lady. He said, Blessed Mother, we will be completely and totally dedicated to you, and we will live a life of grace under your protection. We want your special protection. And she, in turn, appeared to him and gave him the brown scapular. And she said, you know, in exchange for that complete loyalty, wear the scapular. This will be a sign to you and and all in your order. Whoever dies wearing the scapular shall not suffer eternal fire. 
So it was wow. a special protection. It was like Our, Our Lady's Garment of Grace, as it's called sometimes. And then the scapular, as you've seen with religious orders, is a piece of clothing that's worn over the shoulders, but it goes all the way down the front and all the way down the back. And a lot of religious, religious orders still wear these. And even in those days, they wore scapulars, but they were different colors. No one wore the brown scapular. And this was Our Lady's gift, the brown scapular to the Carmelite order. And over time, those who were affiliated with the order, like the lay faithful who were who lived near the monasteries, and the monasteries were very influential at the time. And so the spirituality of the orders kind of seeped out into the community. Like the Benedictines had a large impact on Western civilization by the way they lived their life, the rule of St. Benedict. Hmm. And the Carmelites, in a similar way, that the spirituality to Christ through the Blessed Mother was, was very powerful. And they wanted to wear the scapular as a special protection. So sometimes they would take the scapular of the Carmelites when they were done wearing them and they'd get a new one, they would cut it up into little rectangles and then they would attach them with strings and they'd wear them around their necks. And it was like a little mm. mini habit of the Carmelite order. And later- Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, oh so that's gosh. why it's that shape and that's why it's that color. And that's why it oh, has wow. the cords that go over the neck. So it's worn in the front and in the back both sides. Oh, wow. I did not know that. That is so cool. Okay. That's so amazing. So then how then did you, I mean, you spoke a little bit, I mean, what an amazing life you've had too. I mean, meeting your wife at World Youth Day, that is amazing. And then nine children. Great. A whole company. Amazing. God has big plans for you. What has your devotion to the scapular had, like, what kind of effect has that had in your life? And why do you hope that other people can have an opportunity to explore that? Obviously, it's like such a beautiful and meaningful thing. And it's such a gift that Our Lady's given us. So I would love to hear more about, you know, what y'all's hopes are for your company and just spreading that message far and wide. Right. So this is what I do. I organize pilgrimages full-time for young people to World Youth Days and to other events around the world. And that's my primary work. Um, this is something I started on the side in order to help spread the devotion to the Blessed Mother through the scapular. The hope is that we can help re-educate. It's a little bit like St. John Paul II when he wrote an encyclical on the Holy Rosary and he suggested four new mysteries of the Rosary, the Luminous Mysteries, and it was in a way to, to revive the devotion to the Blessed Mother through praying the Rosary. And the rosary was also a gift to the church about the same time as the scapular. And they go hand in hand. Wearing the scapular is like wearing the shield. And praying the rosary is like the sword. This is our weapon. So the two devotions go hand in hand. And it's something that I've always been praying the rosary with my family. Even when I before I was married with my, my own family, as a teenager, we began praying the rosary. And then wearing the scapular as well. So in Fatima, I don't want to mention this, in Fatima, Our Lady appeared and to the children of Fatima a number of times. And the last time she appeared to them, it was called the miracle of the sun because it had been raining all night before this apparition on October 13th, 1917. And then mm -hmm. at the moment when Our Lady appeared to the children, it looked like the sun started spinning and then started to come down to the earth. And everyone thought it was the end of the world. They thought, this is it, it's done. And, and the sun is going to consume us. Yeah. But then after a few minutes, the sun was back up where it was to begin with and everything was completely dry. Like everyone that's drenched people in the ground, the mud was completely gone. It was just dry. And during that time, during that apparition, during the miracle of the sun, the children of Fatima saw Our Lady and she appeared as Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And she handed them mm -hmm. a scapular. She was holding the child Jesus and she handed them a scapular saying, wear the scapular. And she also then appeared as Our Lady of Fatima, handing them the rosary saying, pray the rosary. So they go hand in wow. hand. 
And even those devotions, some people question the origins of the devotion because they're so far back and we think, well, maybe we're not really sure what happened back in the 1200s. But both have divine confirmation in a sense by Our Lady herself who came and said, pray the rosary, wear the scapular. So it's, it was my hope to bring the scapular back into the, the minds of the faithful as a devotion. And I know that there's several complaints. So the big complaints about the scapular are, number one, they mm-hmm. break, right? They break. Mm-hmm. They just, and it's, it's a nuisance because then you have to just dispose of them respectfully, bury mm-hmm. them or burn them respectfully. And then the other problem is a lot of people complain they're kind of uncomfortable because the felted wool is, you know, touching me. And there's been a lot of pious thoughts about the uncomfortableness of the scapular. And people say, well, you know, it's just a small suffering you should offer up to Our Lady. It's a very, you know, mm. it's just a little thing that you, and, and it's true that we should offer up our sufferings, right? With Jesus on the cross, as St. Paul recommends in scripture. But what we did was we took merino wool, which is still 100% wool, but from the sheep of Australia, the merino wool sheep of Australia, which is a very soft wool, and it's very fine, and it's quite expensive, but it's the best, right? We wanted to use the best materials. And we took some really strong paracord made here in the United States, and then we, we developed a way to stitch it in such a way that it's not going to come undone. You know, they, they, they don't break. And a lot of people like to put a metal on the scapular. So what we did was <laughs> I developed the scapular in such a way that there's a pocket inside each end so you can put your metals inside so it won't wear down the cord with the metal itself. And that way, the idea was that, okay, we, we take away all the objections that people have they're uncomfortable, they break, it's whatever, you know, whatever the complaints are, and, and try to make it in such a way that, okay, we take away those complaints, you have no more excuses, right? And the reason behind the devotion isn't so much that, you know, some people think, well, it's kind of superstitious. People think if you die wearing the scapular, it's like a get out of hell free card or something. But that's not mm-hmm. how it works. Because Our Lady promised for those who have complete loyalty to her, which means living a life of grace, you live the life of grace you wear the scapular and she will give you protection in life and in death. And it's, there's nothing magical about the scapular. You know, it's, so there's two parts to this, you know, God makes the promise and God holds up him to his end of the bargain. And then we have to hold up our end of the bargain. And then we think, well, that's too hard for us. You know, God can always do his part. Right. But what about Absolutely. <laughs> Is that too hard? That's the whole crux of actual grace. Actual grace is God's way of helping us hold up our end of the bargain. And so when you're wearing a cross or you're praying the rosary or you're wearing a scapular, you receive actual graces. It's God's way of helping us along to live that life of grace so that when we die, we're in that state of grace and we can be happy with him forever. This episode is brought to you by Hallow, the number one Catholic app for prayer, meditation, music, and more. Hallow features litanies, novenas, and other challenges to get you praying more often and connect with your community. It also features Bible stories and guest sessions from well-known Catholic speakers like Father Mike Schmitz, Bishop Barron, Jonathan Rumi from Chosen, Dr. Scott Hahn, and Father Mark Mary. Hallow is an amazing resource for any Catholic looking to dive deeper into their prayer life, find more peace, and ultimately grow closer to God. Make sure to check out Hallow at hollow.com slash Ave Spotlight. Hollow.com slash Ave Spotlight. 
I particularly love what you said about, you know, people, an objection being to it being suspicious, right? And the scapular kind of being this thing where it's superstitious and we're kind of just wearing it to see if it'll work. And then maybe when we die, we'll go straight to heaven. Mary will come and get us. And I love what you were saying just about it working with other obligations that we have that's so special and important. And, you know, what are ways that you and your family, what are ways that you kind of keep yourselves accountable to live in a way that is full of grace? I know that in the day-to-day world, especially, you know, being a parent, there's so many hindrances to living a life that's full of grace, whether it's just like daily annoyances or just like big things that can just be really frustrating. Um, How do you guys kind of root yourselves as a family and individually? And what kind of tips do you have for people that are looking to do those things? I.e. myself. (laughs) One time when I was visiting Fatima, the priest in confession was asking me about our family's prayer life. And I said, well, we pray a decade of the rosary and a little bit of scripture. And he said, what? Only one decade? Our lady asked you to pray the whole rosary every day. Oof. I said, okay, Father. (laughs) So I came home and I told my wife, okay, I know the kids are young, but we're going to start praying the whole rosary every night and we'll see how it goes. They didn't make a peep. They didn't complain. And so for many, many years now, every night we stop everything, but we have to have a time. So eight o'clock on school nights, eight o'clock, no matter what, everything stops, all homework, all sports, whatever's going on, everything stops at eight and we pray the rosary, um, the family rosary. And every night um, I have everyone, everyone has to say something that they're grateful for. So they look through their day and they find something that day that they're, they're really grateful for, because that gets them looking for the, the things that we should have gratitude for, rather than complaining about everything under the sun, you know, mm. school and, you know, problems with other kids or whatever, you know, homework and, <clears throat> but look for the good. So we stay close to the sacraments. Uh, we stay close to confession, stay close to Holy Communion. We take them to adoration occasionally when we can. We pray together as a family. And so I've looked as other families, as our family was growing, I was looking at other families that have already grown and and thought some families have all these kids and they're all still faithful. They all are faithful on their own and others seem to kind of have drifted. And, And the one factor that I found was that the families, truly the families that prayed together, um, daily were the ones that had the most likely chance of all the kids remaining faithful as they get older. And as, because I know the faith has to be accepted individually by each person because God is our father. He's not a grandfather. You know, you can't be grandfathered into the faith. You're born, you're baptized, but God must father you. And so you have to accept God as your father and, and have to accept the faith as your own. And that's the whole idea behind the pilgrimages is to bring people to the trough of grace so they can drink. Now we can't make anyone do that, but we can teach them how and, and then offer it to them. And this, this you know, transformational experiences can happen. And so as a family, we understand the same thing. It's our job to do our part, but we can't make it happen. We have to mm. bring them to God and do, you know, do our part as, as parents and as a family and pray them and, you know, through the rest of it. And thanks be to God, all of our adult children are faithful. We have five oh. that are now out of the house in college or beyond and four more at home, but we're, we're very blessed. And that is truly our wealth, our kids. Wow. I mean, truly, God bless you and your wife. I mean, what a witness. Um, And what a, I mean, really, what a powerful witness to be able to say that you have, you know, introduced your children to God in such a way that they feel 
that it's truly something that is their identity, right? As like a, as a child of God, that's such a powerful witness as a parent. And I'm sure that is such a, something that helps y'all sleep very soundly at the end of the night. So, (laughs) so thank you for sharing that. I pray that everyone listening has learned a lot about the scapula, the rosary, the devotions, and really, you know, goes and checks y'all out. I would love to know where we can find more information about you guys, what you're up to, and just about the scapular in general. Sure. So we set up a website and I wrote a few blog articles to give you the background. There's even a lot of scriptural references that are kind of peripheral, but they're pretty amazing when you put them all together surrounding Our Lady of Mount Carmel and the devotion itself. So those are the blog articles on the website, which is scapulars.com. It's plural, scapulars.com. And and then I know the scapulars are the highest quality we could possibly make, and we try to make them affordable. They're a little more expensive than the other ones. However, if anyone can't afford one and really wants one, just ask us. We'll send you one, right? It's not It's not that you know we're, we're trying to make a lot of money. In fact, we don't. We give one away for everyone that we sell. And so oftentimes it's to young people in pilgrimages or to the elderly. We send them to hospitals because there are people now in the past year, two years, working in hospitals that... Families can't be with their loved ones as they're dying from COVID, but there are people who are there and oftentimes are Zooming in with their dying loved one and their family. And sometimes, and you know, they've called me and they told me, I've, I've given them your scapula, I put them on them as they die, you know, before they died. And it gives such comfort to the family. And so I've sent them scapulars and we just, you know, we send them out to those in need and to those where we can. But anyway, it's all on scapulars.com. Wow, thank you. We will make sure to put that in our show notes. At the end of every one of our episodes, we ask each guest about something that gives them hope, something that gives them hope, something that's giving them hope in the current moment. If you need time to think about it, I can go first. Otherwise, if you're ready, you can go. How are you feeling? Yeah, why don't you go first? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so something that gives me hope Um, The longer that I've done this podcast, the more I've had an opportunity to grow in my own faith and to just get to meet people that otherwise I probably wouldn't encounter. I'm so hopeful for the future and the present of the church and all these people that are doing good work like you and your wife and um, lots of other people that I've met. And, you know, for my own faith life, I am hopeful that I can reinvigorate some of the devotions that I had when I was young and spry. Um, And, you know, sometimes the older we get, the kind of more lackadaisical we get, and we just kind of want to chill. And I'm always invigorated having conversations surrounding things like this. So I'm very hopeful to get back in there, especially in my devotions that I used to be really intense about. So (laughs) I'm very excited to to keep doing that again. How about you? So um, uh, several days ago on Sunday, I was talking to a friend of mine, a relatively new friend of mine, great guy, family of five kids, and uh, he's so joyful all the time. Everybody loves him. A few hours later, he was killed in a car accident. And it was just devastating to me, to the community, to everyone who knows him. The community in three days has come together and established and set up meals for the family for the next year. We, we volunteered, all the guys volunteered to come and do all of the yard work, everything, pool work, whatever needed to be done for the next year. And, you know, some of that was already thought of by the family and taken care of, but the whole community is there. And the community of faith knows that even though he was taken, you know, he left us here to rest in peace. 
that we are all on that path and we will all be with him again, right? God restores all things. He makes all things new, the heavens and the earth. We get our bodies back and we live forever. So the hope that we have, it has to be eternal hope, something that carries us forward, that, that we know that we are heading towards that path. And the promises that God gives us are far beyond anything, any good things that we can imagine. He gives us good things in this life as teasers for the next life. And we need to hold on to those and, and realize that those things are not the good things in and of themselves, but God who gives them is good. And so God is our hope and all our desire eventually leads back to him. And then he gives us everything in addition to himself in the life to come. So that gives me hope. Wow. That's beautiful. And what's your friend's name? I'd love to, you know, to pray for him and ask everyone that's listening to also pray for his soul and his family as well. His name is Ed McHale and we're in the Phoenix community. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, everyone listening, please pray for Ed McHale and his family. That is so awesome. I love how you guys came together. It's such a beautiful witness for a community of faith to really support each other in times when that are just unspeakable. So we'll definitely be praying for him and his family. And we will also be praying for you guys that God continues to bless your mission. Thank you so much for being with us. We'll make sure to put all the info in our show notes. Thank you so much for talking with us tonight. Thank you so much. It's it's great to be here. Thank you guys for listening. And thank you so much to Steve for being our guest. Make sure to check out scapulars.com for some awesome scapulars that will last you literally forever. I have had mine for a couple months and it's amazing. I mean, I'm not the most athletic, but I do a lot of activity, walking around, getting out of bed, eating cereal, and it lasts forever. So I'm sure someone that's a little bit more sporty than I will be pleasantly surprised. So make sure to check them out at scapulars.com. I'm looking forward to talking to y'all next week. In the meantime, please pray for me. I'll be praying for you. God bless. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.